As we move into a time of hearing from the Word of God, I invite you to first listen with me for our Old Testament lesson, which comes from Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 through 34. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the covenant that I have made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, a covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest, says the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There you heard one of the prophecies of the Old Testament that we're looking toward a day in which there would be a new covenant. And today, as we consider the glory of Christmas, we consider the fulfillment of those prophecies. And the beginning of that fulfillment came when the angel Gabriel appeared to a maid engaged to Joseph, whose name was Mary. The gospel lesson today is from Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit, will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy, and he will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks 
be to God. Amen. Now the Christmas season would not be complete. The glory of Christmas would not be fulfilled unless there was the annual Christmas pageant. Now, we're not able to have an indoor Christmas pageant this year. We're hoping to have a drive-by nativity on December the 20th. So watch for announcements about that. But to give a little humor to this time, which we often see as a lot of darkness. In fact, it's, it's encouraging to see how many people set out their Christmas lights early this year to bring light in the midst of the darkness. We want you to have a little bit of joy as we consider the reality of the angel's message to Mary as we see a depiction of the Christmas pageant as put on by the skit guys in a series called The Glory of Christmas. Today, it features the character of Mary. Take a look. This is the story of a ragtag bunch of church members who set out to perform a Christmas play and the director who tried his hardest to just keep it all together. The Glory of Christmas Hi, my name's Joel. I'm the director of our church play, The Glory of Christmas. This is my 12th year. We're okay. Just the stained glass window. It's going great. Uh, The only thing that we lacked was uh, someone to play the role of Mary up until yesterday. But then I found her and she's perfect. I got the role of Mary because I'm 31 weeks pregnant. Yep, two kids in college and then surprise. We're just so... You're so full of joy. I, I can't act, Joel. There's no way I can sell this. No, 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 not true. Your audition was fantastic. How can it be me? How can I be highly flavored by God? Did I just say flavored? Why can't I stop talking about food? Uh, She's oh. perfect. Oh, hey, you're, you're Joseph. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm Heather. I play Mary, your wife. Oh! Mm-hmm. I remember you. Oh? You play Bunko with my mom. You know, what is Bunko? Mm-mm. Nice to meet you. Mm-mm. You must mentally sink into her situation. Yes, yes. Go spend the night in a barn somewhere. The hay will trigger something deep within you. Yeah, it'll trigger something. Trigger something that don't need a hand in histamine. Mm. This is good. I'm the least likely person to play Mary, let alone deliver the Son of God. I'm a middle-aged former soccer mom. And the truth is that this baby disrupted some pretty amazing plans we had for our lives. Things we've been looking forward to for years. Okay, Mary and Joseph, let's take it back to scene 11. Scene 11, please. Maybe that's how Mary felt. Maybe people stared 
unsure of what to tell her. Maybe she doubted. Maybe she doubted, even though God told her not to fear. And then she trusted. She trusted. She trusted that what God was doing would bring the greatest kind of joy if she would just let go, let go of her plans, her questions, and there we go, just let the good shepherd carry you. <laughs> let the good shepherd carry me. got a smile out of that, uh, depicted a, 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 a woman who was pregnant, who wasn't expecting to have a role in the annual Christmas pageant. Well, that's not a whole lot different than uh, Mary, the uh, mother of God, who wasn't expecting to receive the news that she did from the angel Gabriel. This would have been terrifying good news. We've heard the angel later on say, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all the people. But when Mary first heard it, we wonder how good the news really was. Terrifying it was. Why? This is good news that could get Mary stoned. It's news that could lose her favor with Joseph when he found out that she was pregnant and he didn't do it. And a woman without a man was an invitation to poverty and public embarrassment. Now add these two things together. A pregnant woman without a man is a death sentence in those days. Now we think people are mean today. But they were also mean in other eras of history. And Mary was no exception. What's this going to mean? What's this going to mean? And later in Luke chapter 1, we read what's called the Magnificat. And it's Mary's song of praise where she talks about how the unfolding realization that she was going to be the bearer of the Son of God and the mixture of emotions that that would call out, not only for her and her life, but also for the whole world. Now... You know, I have long believed that God has uniquely gifted each one of us to change the world. Now, to some, he calls to do big things like Mary. For others of us, it'll be those million little moments that we are called to. It can be terrifying for all of us whether it's those million little moments or the huge things in life. And yet, God calls each one of us to be world-changing messengers of good news. What would be an impossible yes for Mary would be an impossible yes for the whole world 
And as she would come to learn, it would be worth the sacrifice and the public humiliation to know that the hope of the world was on its way. The Apostle Paul perhaps stated it well in Romans 5 verse 4 when he said, Hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. For centuries, the faithful had hoped for the coming of a Savior, and that hope would finally be realized, and Mary would be the one who would bear that good news. We recognize today that the hope of the world is Jesus through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we continue to have that hope. It is not used up, and though it sometimes it is sorely tested like it is this year, if you ask me, there's lots of hope to go around. The Old Testament prophets gave us a glimpse of what that hope could look like. Isaiah was a prophet of hope. He knew that if the people could return to God, they would have the desires of their souls answered. And he knew that although God was a just God and would not stand for indecent and unfaithful living, he was also a God who restores, who helps his people set the record straight and start over again. As as if prophesying that this Messiah would be one who would help the world start over again. In Isaiah 64, we read, No one has ever seen or heard of a God like you, he writes, who does such deeds for those who put their hope in him. You welcome those who find joy in doing what is right, those who remember how you want them to live. Isaiah prophesied that there would come a day as Israel once again placed their faith and hope in God. There would come a day when God would restore them. The wrongs would be righted and a new day would be ushered in, a day of justice, equality, and hope. Listen to these words in Isaiah chapter 40. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. And the uneven ground shall become level. And the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. And one of the greatest works that uh, the, the, the composer Handel wrote, the Messiah, contains those words in a beautiful setting, which helps us relive that prophecy again and again. Friends, we're called to open our eyes, even in our day. Can't you see this dance of creation? Over the hope of his coming, the hills and the valleys, the rough places, they're all dancing and they're jumping up and down to pave the way when God gives the world a chance to begin again. Who wouldn't be dancing? He writes, get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Jeremiah was another one of the prophets who predicted much doom and gloom in his day. And yet there would come a time when God would restore. 
And Jeremiah, in the passage that we read this morning, saw it as a day when God would grant a new covenant. It would be a new covenant that would not be like the, the old covenant, the covenant which God had given to his people when he took them by the hand to lead them out of the, the, the slavery in Egypt, a covenant which they broke time and time again. But he writes, this will be a new covenant, a new covenant, says the Lord. When the Lord says, I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. No longer shall they teach one another or say to each other, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest. And I won't remember their sins anymore. Now, it's likely that uh, the Virgin Mary, when she received the, the news from the angel Gabriel, it's unlikely that she was aware of these prophecies of Isaiah and Jeremiah or of prophecies that others had made. For women in those days were largely uneducated and they could only learn what their husbands would teach them. For it was the males who did the studying and the learning and sat under the great teachers. And it was only through them could the good news be dispensed. I have this view that when Gabriel came and appeared to Mary and gave her an impossible task filled with good news, that the angel also explained to her how the prophets had foretold this and that she would be the fulfillment of a new covenant, a gift of God to the people. You see, we all have something to look forward to. We all can take heart. Christ is coming once again in our remembrances. And Christ, as we're told, is coming again in our future. And so Advent is not only a time of foretelling the first coming, it is also a time of foretelling when he will come again in his glory. And we can be hopeful. Now, friends, not everyone is going to be hopeful. There will be some people in our world who will be very much like the Scrooge in Charles Dickens' story. And they will say, bah, humba, bunk. And they will tell us and try to convince us that Christmas is a pagan holiday, that Santa Claus is a fake, that our gift-giving, well, you can trace that back to the god Odin. The angel on the tree, you can trace that back to the god Apollo. The tree itself, part of a pagan festival of Saturnalia. I say, so? So? Come on. We have hope in our world today. Don't let the Scrooges get to you. Don't let the darkness of our current time get us down. You know, I can just imagine an old pagan rising out of his grave during this Christmas time. And I can hear his or her howls of complaint. Why, they've stolen our celebration. Those Christians... They're so anxious to celebrate that they can't be content with their holy days. They had to steal ours. Apollo is obscured. Odin is forgotten. Jesus Christ is now their hero. And Saint Nicholas is their patron 
saint. Friends, I don't know about you, but in the midst of of the darkness of our world and the skepticism that is all around, I will continue to rejoice. I won't get it right all the time, and there'll be times I too will be sad. But we have a hope, and that hope of the world is Jesus. And we're going to keep lighting candles in the darkness. We're going to keep shouting from the housetops the day of the Lord's coming. We're going to keep living the highest ideals of the Christian ethic, even when others do not. We're going to stand up and speak for the right, even when wrong seems to claim the day. And we're going to keep introducing people to Jesus Christ and helping them to see how they can be friends with a hope that won't quit. So friends, prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the season for Jesus continues to be the reason that hope will forever spring eternal in our lives. This was the impossible good news that Mary received in that moment that the angel came to her. And it is an impossible good news that we continue to be privileged with and that we have the privilege of sharing.